I'm going to speak to you today about overcoming obstacles to pursue a lifestyle of service. Because we're all called to be mighty servants. Amen? We're all called to live a mighty lifestyle of service for God. And we all, we all face obstacles and challenges that would seek to stop us from achieving that. We live in a world that does not value service, that tries to put roadblocks in our way. But God makes a way. Amen? And you're an overcomer today so that you can serve God in a mighty way. And I'm going to unpack a couple of things as we start out of this scripture. Deuteronomy 31 verse, sorry, 34 verse 1. Now Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo, to the top of Pisgah, which is opposite Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land, Gilead as far as Dan, and all Naphtali, and the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, and all the land of Judah as far as the Western Sea. Wow, that is a landscape. <laughs> this, this is the end of Moses' life at 120. It's a decent effort. And in verse 1, just before his death, God takes him up to Mount Nebo and shows Moses the fruit of his service. Mount Nebo means that which prophesies. And so God takes him up to the top of the mountain and shows him prophetically the great blessing and inheritance that has come to God's people. And he says, this is the land which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob, and I will give it to your descendants. This is the purpose of Moses' service. Moses has overcome obstacles and God has used Moses' service to bless and multiply God's people, bring them into a mighty inheritance, and to take a nation. That was the purpose of Moses' service, wasn't it? And this is the purpose of our service. This fruit is available for us today, amen? And God wants you to know that he will use your faithful service to bless and multiply his church, his people, bring them into a mighty inheritance and cause it to take a nation. This is the purpose of your service. And your service today, your faithful service will sow incredible fruit in the body of Christ and it will lead it to an inheritance to take a nation. Amen. That is an amen worthy statement, yes. Amen. That is the fruit of your service. In verse 7, it says, Although Moses was 120 years old when he, when he died, his eye was not dim, nor had his vigor abated. Wow. The word vigor in Hebrew is on, O-N, and it speaks of God's power, his strength, and his wealth. Moses started out as weak and self-doubting. He was a stuttering shepherd. But through a lifestyle of service, God filled him with his power, his strength, and he blessed him Personally, he died in Moab. Moab means desirable land. He took Moses from a place of vulnerability and his power and his strength was filled through him through his service and he led him to great personal prosperity and blessing. Yeah. Service brings God's life to yours, amen? And God wants you to know today that if you pursue service, if you overcome obstacles and pursue a lifestyle of service, that he will take your vulnerabilities and your fears and he will fill it with his power, his strength, and his personal blessing. Yeah. This is why the enemy tries to hinder our service, because it blesses the body of Christ, it causes it to take nations, and it brings God's personal prosperity to your own life today. This is why he tried to stop Moses from serving. But Moses discovered the keys 
to overcoming obstacles to serve. We see in Moses' life the keys and the strategies to overcome fear and doubt, desires, lifestyle choices, to be able to pursue a mighty life of service. And I just encourage you today, I think some of you, I just want to encourage you that if you pursue service, that not only you might seem like it may not be maybe pointless or God may not use me, but he will use you today, amen. He will use you to multiply and bless the body of Christ and he will bring his power and his blessing to your life today, amen. Say with me, I am a mighty servant. servant. That's not bad. That's pretty good. (laughs) But you are. So this is how we overcome obstacles to serve God. Will you turn to Exodus chapter 3, verse 10? I'd like to welcome those who are watching on live stream, on YouTube and Facebook. We pray you'll be blessed by today. And we just agree that you're being upgraded to a greater level of service and you're being upgraded to a greater level of authority and God's power and provision. Amen? Amen. So we're going to tackle obstacle number one. Are we ready? Obstacle number one is I am not able. I'm not able. I can't do it. This is a classic, classic obstacle that we probably all face. (laughs) Moses definitely faced it, as we see here. Exodus 3.10. Then Moses said to the Lord, Please, Lord, I've never been eloquent, neither recently nor in time past, nor since you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. We all know this passage. This is a stone-cold classic biblical story. It's the burning bush. God appears to Moses at the burning bush and says, Guess what, Moses? I have an assignment for you, a mission, and I want you to serve. And Moses says, No worries, God. I've got this. I'm T.D. Jakes. I'm Charles Spurgeon. I'm Dean Trump. Come in. <laughs> and I've got it. It's fine. No, no, he doesn't say that, does he? He freaks out. He says, No, I can't do it. In verse 10, he says, I am not eloquent and I'm slow of speech. Eloquent in this scripture, it translates as learn, gifted, and skilled. And slow here means heavy, weighed down, burdened. Moses, he doesn't feel skilled. He doesn't feel educated enough, and he's weighed down by that. And he doesn't think he's fit enough for service. And I think, I know it's been like this in my own life at various stages, and I think it's like this for most of us, that when when we come to serve God, when we feel that God has an assignment, a call, the biggest obstacle we can face is the lack of belief that we can do it, the lack of ability. We look at our education. We might think we're not educated enough, we're not skilled enough, and we're weighed down by that, and we don't feel like we can step out and serve. But we can, amen? Moses could serve in a mighty way. He just needed God to reveal it to him. Moses had spent half of his life in Pharaoh's palace in in an ungodly, unbelieving house, and he spent another 40 years in the desert in Midian being a shepherd. He's had a long time to think about where Moses doesn't doesn't measure up about his inadequacies. You know, I could tell you the first time I served in church, I I was freaking out. I was just doing stewarding, but I I was being on with Vanessa, and my heart was racing. And it was because... Because of my past, because I'd missed a lot of school, I'd have some trauma as a kid and I'd grown up thinking that, that I probably wasn't capable enough. So when the time came to serve, that I was nervous. 
And for me, this is, might be a word for some people today, that if you're not serving in church, I know from my personal experience that serving in church is a great way to deal with these doubts and build up your confidence and overcome fear and inadequacy. It's a safe space. And serving in church, stepping out and pursuing service, it equips you to go out into the world. Amen? So that when you go into your workplace and you speak to your boss or your co-worker, you can demonstrate with confidence a lifestyle of godly service. Yeah. Because we need to overcome fear and doubt in order to serve God and pursue a lifestyle of service. It's interesting here that God appears to Moses in a burning bush. It's interesting. Exodus 3.2 says that then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire. The angel of the Lord is often a picture of Jesus from the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire. And yet the bush was not consumed. Wow, what a sight. The burning bush it is, a, it is a holy fire, isn't it? It's a holy fire, and it wants to burn up every wrong belief that Moses has about himself. Every belief of fear and doubt, the burning bush is an invitation to approach the presence of God, surrender wrong belief, and allow God's presence, his holy fire, to burn it up. Mm. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 3.15 that as we, as we enter heaven, we'll go through the fire. And there will, there will be a holy fire that will burn up every, every work that is not of God, every wrong belief, every fear. So that as we go through the fire and come out the other side, we will be perfectly aligned to praise and serve God. Yeah. Moses is encouraged here to approach the burning bush. God knows his capabilities. He knows his capacity and he knows his mandate. And he knows that Moses needs to get rid of a wrong belief and fear, and God needs to burn it all off. And that, that's what we need to do today, amen. If we feel a call to service, to go to the next level, if fear has ever stopped you from serving, you need to begin to approach the burning bush today, amen. God's presence and surrender those thoughts and allow God to fill you with his perspective of your capabilities. And he says that you are more than able, amen. We need to get his perspective of us. And Moses, he surrendered his thoughts to God. Moses was the most humble man going around. He, was, he humbled himself before God. Humility isn't, that doesn't mean a, a false sense of modesty. Humility is surrendering our thoughts to God. Yeah. Moses, he was humble. He surrendered his wrong thoughts wrong beliefs to God, and the holy fire, the presence of God, burnt it up and caused him to see that he was a mighty deliverer and he was a mighty servant. So we approach the burning bush today, amen. We surrender our thoughts to God and God starts to burn away every wrong belief, every fear. So when I went from being nervous, stewarding, and grew in confidence so that when I would give a word to someone at work, I could do it with confidence. I could show the love of God to my co-workers, my boss, family members. I could be filled with his presence, his power, because I knew more about my ability. I knew more about my worth because I started to surrender those wrong thoughts. And there are thoughts that we pick up in childhood that define who we are incorrectly, and we need to surrender them to God and allow God's holy fire 
to burn up every wrong belief and tell him and tell us, sorry, who we are today. And he says that you are more than able, more than capable to serve. Amen. I mean, you're like deliverers like Moses. Ha <laughs> ha. Amazing. Mm. So Moses, he surrenders his thoughts. And then God gives him something in return. He gives him his ability. Amen. When we give something to God, he shows us something in return. He shows us his ability. He gives Moses three signs. See, God calls Moses, but he's going to enable him, equip him, and give him the supernatural ability to fulfill his lifestyle of service. That's for you today. He's not going to let you do it on your own. When you surrender your thoughts and you start to acknowledge that I'm a servant, he's going to give you his supernatural ability. And he gives Moses, oh man, he gives Moses three signs, doesn't he? He gives him three signs that are going to help him serve. He gives him the staff, the bosom, and the blood. The staff, the bosom, and the blood. With the staff, Moses takes it, throws it on the ground, and it becomes a snake. And he, he gives him the bosom. Moses holds his hand into his bosom and it becomes leprous. And then the blood, Moses is instructed to, to take a cup from the Nile, pour the water into it, and then pour it out onto the ground and it becomes blood. These are three signs for Moses. The staff is the authority of God. It is the authority of God that Moses carries. The bosom is the intimacy and love of Father God that Moses has. And the, and the blood is the victory of God. God is not going to send Moses out without the ability. So he gives him God's authority, God's love and intimacy, and God's victory. And these three signs are all prophetic pictures of what you have available today through Jesus. Amen. Jesus wants you to know today that you've been called, but he's given you his ability. He's given you the staff, the bosom, and the blood. And you have the staff today. Amen. You carry the authority of God. Colossians 2.10 says that you have been made complete in him, who is the head of all rule and all authority. You carry the authority of God. You have the promises of God. You have the word of God. The word that breaks is the hammer that breaks the rock in many places. It'll break every rock of unbelief in your life. Amen. You have the authority of God. You have the access to the bosom of Father God. You have the secret place. Amen. The love and intimacy of Father God. John 1, 17 to 18 says that, For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. Jesus is in the bosom of the Father. Amen. He is at the deepest level of intimacy with Father God. And you are in Jesus. You are in Jesus today. That tells me that you are positioned at the bosom of Father God. You have his love and his intimacy, the secret place for your life today. Amen. So whenever we feel like we can't do it, that we're called to serve, we approach the secret place. The love and intimacy of God is revealed to us. Amen. Amen. Intimacy leads to answers. Verse 18 says that Jesus has explained the Father. The Greek word here for explain means to show the way. If you're lacking confidence 
about where you need to serve today, about whether or not you're able, approach Jesus in the bosom of the Father, and he will show you the way. He will show you his, your capabilities. And finally, and this is my personal favourite, we have the blood. Amen? We have the victory of God, the victory of the blood of Jesus that will carry us through everything. That says that we are more than conquerors. We are more than able. Amen. Colossians 2.15 says that Jesus triumphed over the enemy. That means that his blood was totally victorious. And he has set you free to serve with confidence today. Amen. His victory was your victory. He was able, so you are able, and he was called to serve and live a lifestyle of service, so you are called to serve today. Amen? Amen. You are justified. So like Moses, when we feel like we have inabilities, when we feel like we have our insecurities, what we need to, we're not, we, don't, we can't hold on to them. We surrender them to God. We allow him, his burning bush, to burn up every wrong thought, every wrong belief. And when we do that, he gives us his ability. He reveals the authority, the love and intimacy of Father God and the blood that we have to serve and step out. Amen. Amen. Say with me, I am able. That's it. Obstacle number two is I don't have the time. (laughs) I don't have the time. I'm too busy. I'm too important. Netflix has added some great shows. I don't have the time. My schedule is taken up. Being time poor is something we've probably all faced in our lives. And it can be an obstacle. It can be a barrier that can hinder us from prioritising service. So let's look at what Moses, the servant, did about time. Exodus 18, 15. So in this scripture, Moses is in a period of upgraded service. He is now in a new season. He's acting as leader and judge of Israel, and his father-in-law, Big Jethro, he visits him and asks him what he's, what he's doing. What are you doing? Because he's working himself into the ground. And he said, well, I'm serving, basically. And this is what he says. He says to his father-in-law, I'm doing this because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, it comes to me, and I judge between a man and his neighbour and make known the statutes of God and his laws." Moses' problem here is that he is time poor. He's overwhelmed by serving. In the next scripture, Jethro talks about how he needs to stop. He needs to get help. He's in a season of elevated service and his time is restricted. I know there have been seasons in my life where, where I've been studying and I've been working a job I mean, trying to maintain relationships and we're, we're serving at church and we can feel the pressure. And in order, in order to, to prioritise service, the first thing we need to do is we need to understand and perceive the season that we're in. Yeah. We need to understand the season that we're in. Moses, he was great at perceiving the seasons. He knew which season he was in and he was faithful with prioritising the time to serve in that season. Moses had seasons in his life. He he was in Pharaoh's palace. Then he gets a a sense of call. Then there's a season of hiddenness. And then there's a season of being in the leadership, of serving. And we all have seasons in our lives. There are seasons where where, where we're healing and we get an idea of our assignment. And there are seasons where we need to step out. We need to prioritise time to serving. And so the first 
key is that we understand the season that we're in. Understand the season that you're in today. And then we dedicate the time in that season to build a lifestyle of service. And that might look different for you today. Some of you might feel a real sense to step out and serve. You've been called. Some of you might feel like it's just a season to do the little things well. But no matter what, we take the time to prioritize serving. It can be just like doing the little things. Before this, Moses was in the desert and he was looking after the sheep. Exodus 3.1, it says that he was herding the flock. He was taking care of the sheep. He was taking care of his family. He was doing his job. And then he leads the flock to Horeb. Horeb in Greek, it means, sorry, in Hebrew, it means wasteland. Wasteland, it's interesting. This is a place for Moses where there's not, there's not a lot of fruit. It seems like there's a lot, of, a lot of fruitlessness. There is not a lot of evidence that God is in Horeb. But this is an important season for Moses, isn't it? Because here God is multiplying his capacity and he is establishing the faith to do the little things well. Moses here is building a building block for greater service. He's taking the time to establish the little things well, and so he's given more. And I think that when we're we're stuck in seasons, we need to take the time to do the basics well, to do the little things well, because then God can use that and shift our season. Because small acts of service, they are springboards to greater seasons, amen, greater levels of increase, greater levels of capacity, and greater levels of upgrade. It's like the parable of the talents, where we multiply, we get what we're given, and we multiply it, and we're given more. We're given more. We're faithful stewards in a season. So if we're stuck in a season today, I would encourage you to take the time, like Moses in Midian, to do the little things well. For some of you, this will be a micro training ground so you can progress to the macro, amen. I know there's seasons in my life where I've had a sense of call and God's wanted me to prioritize service, prioritize growing and developing in giftings. It's like children to sons to fathers. And there's a time for us when we receive, but then we get a sense of call and we progress to sons and we take the time to mature so that we can go to fathers, so that we can be like Moses being the judge and leader in full capacity of service. Moses didn't become a deliverer overnight, did he? He took the capacity to serve. Sorry, he took the time to serve. It's about increasing capacity. Because Moses increased his capacity, he took the time, God shifted his season, amen. He blessed the people and he blessed Moses. And Jesus, Jesus encourages us to increase our capacity. Jesus wants to increase your capacity today. Amen. Mm. Matthew 5, 48, the Beatitudes. Jesus says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. So just don't do anything wrong and you'll be fine. Jesus here, he's not telling believers that they can't do anything wrong. Here, he's talking about increasing your capacity to love and serve other people. Amen. He's talking about increasing your capacity. In the Greek, the word perfect is telos. And it means, and this is the definition, it means the consummated goal, to be fully grown and mature, 
going through the necessary stages to reach the end goal and unfolding and extending out one stage at a time to reach full capacity. That's amazing. It's amazing. Jesus here is encouraging us to maturity. This comes through prioritizing service, amen, pursuing the love of Father and showing it to others. So we pursue a lifestyle of service like Jesus. We pursue like Moses. Moses, he went through his seasons. He took the time and God increased his capacity. He extended it out one stage at a time, amen. This is like you. God's got a plan to extend you and to grow you. So you go from Midian to being judge and leader of Israel, to being at the top of your game and the maximum output of your service to God. So, we, so Jesus, we pursue the perfection of Father God. We pursue increased capacity. Amen. No one does not have the time to shift seasons and grow capacity. Yeah. Amen. So Moses, Moses was a gun. He knew his season and then he took the time. He did the faith little things well. So the issue isn't that we're time poor. And hear me, we do have busy seasons. So they're the seasons where we need to just invest in doing the little things well, like Moses. But when we do that, God, he is faithful with that, amen. He sees our increase, our desire to increase our capacity, and he takes us to the next season to greater influence, greater ability, and greater blessing, amen. Amen. Say with me, God is upgrading me with greater capacity. Amen. I know you have to serve. <laughs> mm. Thank you, Jesus. Obstacle number three. And this one, <clears throat> this, is, this is the kicker. This is a classic obstacle. Are you ready? Yeah. Obstacle number three that Moses faced, that I have faced, and if you're honest, that you've probably faced too, is this. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to do it. I just, I just don't want to do it. I, I can't be bothered. I, I don't want to do it. Go to, go to Exodus chapter 4, verse 12. God said, now go. I will help you speak and teach you what to say. But Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Dang. <laughs> Not good. Moses doesn't want to do it. I've been there. I'm sure we all have. There's all been moments where we feel that God has called us to service and we just we want to pass. It's interesting in this scripture that Moses says, pardon your servant. So clearly Moses has acknowledged that he is a servant of God, that God has an assignment for him, but still he says, no. Now I've said no before. I've got a, I've got a funny example, so try not to judge me. This is a long time. When I was in year 12, um, we used to get Planet Shakers, great church. They would come to our, our school and they would run services. And they'd get, it was on the basketball courtyard, they would get about 60 or 70 kids and they would run a, run a church service. And a girl in my year level who went to Shakers, she asked me to give my testimony there. And I'm like, well, I, I, to, be, you know, to be fair to her, I must have agreed to do it because <laughs> the day comes and... The, court, the um, basketball court's opposite the footy oval, and of course I'm on the footy oval having a kick, and I can hear the service going on, and in the back of my mind I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to be over there 
giving my testimony. And then I hear the pastor get up and he says, you know, and now we're going to hear from Keith, this young man who's going to give a mighty testimony to God. And I remember looking over there and just going, no, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Some time goes by and then this guy, can we, can we get Keith? Is Keith here? No. And the next minute, this girl who asked me, she comes barreling across the oval and she's like, Keith, 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 you've got to do it. It's time to give you testimony. And I remember looking at her and going, no, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to do it. I can relate to Moses. He's been very gracious with me, God, I mean. But, but I think we've all, if we're honest, we've all had a moment where we haven't wanted to do it. It's normally around, around shame or, or fear that we're believing wrong things about ourselves. I know that was the case for me because wrong, wrong belief, thoughts of shame and fear will, will stifle the desire for us to serve. They will stifle it. And it's not a true reflection of who you are today, I mean. It's interesting that out of the obstacles that Moses faced, this is the one that ticked God off the most. It says in the scripture that Moses' anger flared. Sorry, God's anger flared at Moses. But I would put it to you that God is, is less angry at Moses than he is about the wrong beliefs, the wrong mindset that Moses has embraced. He's angry at Moses' belief system rather than Moses himself. Because God needs Moses to serve. He needs him to serve for three reasons. One, because he's got a unique assignment just for Moses. He needs him to rise up and be the deliverer. Two, because he loves Israel. He loves God's people and he wants Moses to deliver them. And three, because he knows that if Moses doesn't serve, doesn't pursue a lifestyle of service, then Moses will never reach his full potential and fulfill his destiny. And these are three things for us today, amen. God needs you to serve because he's got a unique assignment just for you. He loves his bride. He loves the body and he wants you to bless it. And he wants to see you rise up to the fullness of your potential, the fullness of your destiny, amen. Yeah. And then we can, we can claim that today, amen. We can claim it. And uh, to demonstrate a servant heart to a world that doesn't believe in serving is part of your assignment. It's part of your destiny because in your DNA is the heart of a selfless, mighty servant. Amen. Amen. I would put it to you today that if you've ever felt a lack of desire to serve, if you've ever felt, felt guilt around it, if you, you know, if you think, well, I don't really have a strong desire to step out and serve, that there are areas in my thinking where I can be self, self-focused, I would say to you today that that is not a true reflection of who you are, amen, yeah. and that you are a selfless, mighty servant, amen. The old self is deception and the new self is the truth. You are selfless, mighty servants. All we need to do is put on the mindset of the new self. It's a question of mindsets. And you might say today that, you know, you don't know me, you don't know how I think, and that's true, but I know your position today, amen. I know your position in Christ, and that says you are a selfless and mighty servant. Ephesians 4. 22 to 24 says, 
that in reference to your former self, your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and you put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Wow. Paul talks about being renewed in the spirit of your mind. Pneuma is the Greek word here for spirit, and it speaks of our mental disposition, our attitude. It's not talking about that Holy Spirit or something that's a permanent part of you. It's talking about an attitude, a mindset. It's a me mindset. Paul says that this comes about through the corruption of deceit. That tells me that that is not a part of who we are. That is the mindset of the enemy. And this tells us that we can have, we can have thoughts and feelings where we can feel like we don't have a great desire to serve, but that's not actually who you are today. You are a selfless servant. You're a reflection of Christ. It says here that you were made in the likeness of God, and that is the real you today. Amen? That is your true identity, and you don't need to feel condemned. You don't need to feel guilty because you have the DNA of a selfless, mighty servant. All you need to do is embrace the new self, embrace a new mindset of service, and the desire will come because that is your DNA today. Amen? That is your DNA. The nature of the enemy is not you. You have been separated from self-focusedness because that is not who you are in Christ. The nature of the enemy is self-focused. Ezekiel 28 talks about how he was the, the cherub, the anointed cherub, and he fell because he took his eyes off God and he became self-focused. He is self-focused, not you. He's, he, wants, he wanted to impose his nature onto Moses to stop Moses from fulfilling his mandate, from fulfilling a lifestyle of service, because he knows that if Moses rises up, rises up, sorry, he will deliver a nation. And so he tries to put it on the world to stop it from fulfilling its potential, which is service to God. But we have put on the new self, amen. We have the ability, we have everything to fulfill our potential today as mighty servants of God. It's just a a question of mindsets. And God wants to give you a revelation today of who you are, that you're a mighty servant, you are selfless. You, you have the desire, the love of God. You have a strong capacity to serve. Amen. Amen. As we close, I just want to look at this scripture. Exodus 3.5. We put on the new mindset. Exodus 3.5 says, when, when Moses approaches the burning bush, God says, remove your sandals. For where you are standing is holy ground. It's interesting. When Moses comes to the burning bush, God asks Moses to take his sandals off. It's a picture of taking off the wrong mindset. It's a picture of taking off a me mindset and embracing the new self. Sandals and feet are that which make contact with the earth. We need to renew what makes contact with the earth. Jesus, he washes the disciples' feet because that's what makes contact with the earth. It's a picture of our mindsets. So we wash our mindset with the blood of Jesus and we begin to get a picture of who we are. 
And Moses invite, invites, sorry, God invites Moses to take off the sandals. So he removes them. You see, the sandals aren't a permanent part of Moses. There's something he's put on. And so he takes them off and he embraces the new self. The new self, it says that he's a deliverer, that he can pursue a lifestyle of service and he can overcome every obstacle. Amen. And Jesus has invited us to do the same. So we renew the old mindsets and we embrace a servant, a lifestyle, and we discover his identity in us, his motivations and his desires. And we do this by meditating on our position. We meditate on the word and then we act it out by serving our men. We start to pursue acts of service. Mm. So we just take off the sandals. We remove the old mindset and we get to get an idea of who we are. It's incredible today that you've been separated from the new self and there's no condemnation that the enemy can level against you today. You're a mighty servant. You're an overcomer. Obstacles are nothing more than opportunities to overcome and exercise the authority and the power of God that is in you today through Jesus. So every time we think that we're not able, that we don't have the ability, we approach the presence of God today. We approach the burning bush We surrender our thoughts. And then God shows us his ability in us, his authority, his love and intimacy, and his blood, his victory, to overcome every fear and every doubt that would inhibit you from fulfilling your potential, your destiny. And then when we feel time poor, we feel pressured, we go to God and he gives us a perspective of the season that we're in. So we're able to prioritise our time and we can focus on doing the little things well. And every time we feel that we don't have a strong desire to serve, that fear and shame are trying to stop us from doing it, we meditate on the new self. Amen. The new self says that we are more than able, that we are not of the world, that we are in Christ, that we have an incredible destiny and DNA to give to the world. And I'm calling it out today. You are mighty servants of God. Amen. You are capable. You have the capacity. You're in the right season. And you can do it. Amen. You can do it. And you have a strong burning desire to serve God and fulfill your potential. So put up your hands as we pray. Thank you, Jesus. I pray, God, that you would raise up mighty servants in this house mighty, hungry, overcoming servants who would go out into society and display your heart, Father God. They would display your love, your intimacy, your supernatural power that's in them. They would display a servant heart to an unbelieving world. I thank you, God, that you're sending people out to acts of service. You're enabling them, empowering them giving them the opportunity to serve in church. You're opening up new doors in society, in their workplaces, in business, in education, in the arts, in finances, to serve and demonstrate the servant heart of God. And I thank you, God, for your capacity on their lives. I thank you for your increase. I thank you for your nature. I call out the nature of Christ that is in everyone today. 
And I thank you that we are more than able and it is our great desire to please you and to demonstrate your heart to the world. I thank you, God, that you're raising up mighty servants in this church that would grow in capacity to take a city and deliver a nation. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus.